we really need to spend more time taking inventory of what's good and start letting go of what's bad. I feel like life now forces you to only see that you owe money on bills or you need a better job. All these added pressures to be more than you are or something you're not. How about, I'm just fucking fine right here. I'm good. And I'm prepared for what's next. Don't get caught in complacency. Keep it moving. But fuck what the next guy has. Because you know what else they got? That they don't tell you about? The same stresses you got. But maybe it costs them more to have them. So fuck that car and fuck them shoes. Look around you. Are you alive? Do you have the opportunity to give failure another shot? Because guess what? Some don't. Some folks left us for the great beyond and they're forever stuck where you left them. So do them proud. Or if they were haters, give them something to hate on from the other side because you're here with me. And that has to mean something. My name is Jason Farias and this is my Madness Method. Heaven for a G, remember me So many homies in the cemetery Shed so many tears uh, I suffered through the years And shed so many tears Most of the time when I sit to record these episodes They're really just one take Then we just move on You know, I, I'll sit down and I'll have an idea Of what I'm going to talk about Maybe it's a person or a place But it's never really thought out from front to back yeah, it's been part of my my healing process, my recovery process, and it's been my attempt at being as authentic as possible as I'm telling these stories. And I've had epiphanous moments, and and I've experienced sadness and happiness, and through this whole thing. And something that comes up throughout the episodes is different characters. You know, may, maybe. Maybe I'll change their name or maybe I'll use their nickname or what have you. But there's many times that as I'm telling the story, they pop to mind because they're part of it. You know, and as I'm in that moment, I'm remembering everybody that was there and everything that was going on. And it's usually not until after I record episodes where somebody new comes to mind that I'll go back and I will look them up. After I recorded the last episode, and I brought up that guy, Saya. Now, remember, I, I had said I remembered his first and last name. And, and so after the episode and everything was tidied up, I looked him up. And unfortunately, uh, he passed away just not too long ago. That caused me to do some further digging. And it looks like he really never made it out of the life. Just on what I was able to dig up in his background, he clearly stayed in the trenches and I had a real tough time swallowing that because that's the seventh person in my story that's dead today. So far, you know, again, I don't really look these people up until they come up in the story and I, you know, oh, hey, I'm going to think about that person. Let me check them out. And that's seven people dead, seven people, six of them never made it out of the game. They never made it out of the life. And I struggled with that because why, why did I get out? How come I was able to get out and how come they didn't, you know, and, and it goes all the way back almost to the beginning, you know, bear bears dead today. And, and 
the stories that I was told, I had heard he died of, of an asthma attack. I mean, he was a big dude, but come on, man. You know, I, I had also caught wind that he may or may not have died in police custody, which if he died in police custody and died of an asthma attack, the reports of abuse by officers were far and few between back then. And maybe that's what happened. I, I don't really know. You know, he looked out for me. He stuck his neck out and, and kept my ass out of jail when I was sitting on that floor in his front room when he got raided right with him. He did not have to say that I had nothing to do with this. He didn't have to do that, and he did. And he treated Cindy so kindly like one of his own children. He, was, he wasn't he was a drug dealer or a drug addict in my eyes. He was just a friend and a person, and, and he was gone. You know, and then we got Bobby. Bobby's dead today. And, you know, I talked about that as well. Bobby died in a car accident, and I still have a tough time accepting that. Bobby was a driver. As, as long as a car will go forward, sideways, or in reverse and has a steering wheel, dude, he and I could drive it. I've watched him, and he's watched me, and we've been together when we did some crazy shit in vehicles. So to know that he wrecked and died on a road that we had driven thousands of times is is a hard pill for me to swallow you know we have carrie you know carrie was sent to mop me up and he would have ultimately he was beat to death by a group of guys that apparently carrie put hands on the wrong person and and that guy's team got at him and that that dude was beat to death again an addict the, the guy 6'9". Now, I want to be very clear. Like, this was a guy that I had met. We traveled in the same circle. We weren't tight. But regardless, you know, he we were part of the same team. And this dude took a machete through the chest, dying an addict in the game. The reason why I say six of the seven died still tied into the game was uh, I, I, I had learned that Officer Harris, shortly after he retired, passed away. And... Today, as somebody that's not involved in that life and somebody that has kids and, and wants the best for them, you know, I have nothing but respect for the guy. If I wasn't in the position doing the dumb shit I was doing, he wouldn't have had to do the things that he did. You know, like just because he was a cop and I was involved in the drug game didn't mean I didn't respect him. I understood why he was doing it. And, and it saddens me to know that I'll never get the opportunity to reach out to him and and just tell him I'm hey man I'm, I'm sorry for whatever that's worth you know it might not be worth shit but he was a good dude and he was trying to keep our streets clean and I was just a shithead fucking kid and he's gone and now I find out that Saya's dead and Saya and I were friends like me and this dude this New York cat and me being the Cali boy and we're here we are in Vegas and his little deep ass jaw rule voice and fuck yo, Donnie, what's up, son? Yo, kid, and the whole thing, man. Like, that was my dude. You know, we were friends and we hung out. Like that night I met him when Dolly introduced me to him. Like we just clicked. And, and we're gonna get into some more stories. I, I really just wanted to kind of take a minute and have a conversation about this guy because I was really busted up that he's gone. You know, I always have these visions in my head that I will, uh, I'll reach out to him, you know, and just knowing that he's not going to be there to find is rough. 
we used to have a great time. You know, we'd go gambling together. We'd sit and do fucking nothing together. And, and over time we, you know, we got some business going. Um, he had his little hustle going on. I, I don't even know really what he was involved with outside of what he and I got wrapped up in. I, I was slow to let him in. Like we would hang out, we'd smoke some weed and we'd get drunk and he didn't really do dope. He would every now and then, but not like me, not like the people I was around, but we'd hang out. We'd have a good time. But what he did put me on was a loophole. Now, in the last episode, we had talked about how Dolly put me up on game and, and taught me the rules about you stay on your side, right? Now, you know, I got the guys over at the strip club. Joey and Ryan are taking care of things. So I, I've I've kind of got a, a hand over on the west side of Vegas because those guys are taking care of things. Because remember, the rule is I don't go there. It doesn't mean my dope can't. So if somebody's coming from that side to me and taking it back, that's good. I've got Robin that's taking care of her call girlfriends. I've got the guys at the strip club taking care of the strippers. I'm taking care of a few folks around the island. And now Saya comes to me about backpack boys. Backpack boys are the foot soldiers. They carry three things. They carry money. They carry drugs. They carry guns. They're the foot soldiers. So, so we gave it a shot with one guy. And it worked really well. And and the benefit of this was, you know, hey, these guys would go out on a strip and they would sell it to locals that were looking to party. You know, they'd go near a nightclub or they'd, they'd go be in a casino or whatever. And, and they would coordinate together and they would find people that wanted to buy and they'd sell and, you know, they'd sell it on the high. Because remember, I would sell to locals for a hundred bucks a ball. But if it's selling to out-of-towners, that's when you start raking it in. And you don't sell like eight balls to out of towners. Fuck that. You sell fucking point for point grams for a hundred bucks all day long. Saya managed the backpack boys for me. Now, mind you, if you're making $350 an eight ball, then instead of giving it to you for a hundred, since it's going into out of towners, I'm getting 150 on it. That's good business for me. Cause really all I did was, Hey, how much, how much we sending them out with tonight? Here you go. Make sure I get this money back. No problem. And it was cake. I didn't have to go anywhere. Uh, I wasn't breaking the rules by going into areas. I didn't belong because here's the thing. The backpack boys ran the strip and they ran the casinos, right? So I'm not stepping on their toes. I've just got way better shit for a way better price than they were getting it for. So now I'm minding my business, staying in my lane. I'm getting money from the strip. I'm getting money from the west side where the strip clubs are at. I'm doing okay. And Cy and I would just have a great time and just hanging out. And, and you know, it would go, you know, three, four days. We wouldn't see each other. Then we get together, exchange money, some drugs, hang out, do whatever. Come to think of it, the one thing that tripped me out about Saya, we hung out for two months and I'll be honest, I don't really recall. We weren't on the strip. We were at some bar, but it was, he was like, oh yeah, we're going by this bar. And, and I was like, wait a minute. And I'd heard of this bar. It was a gay bar. I'm like, hold on, bro. I was like, why are you going there? I mean, I don't give a shit, dude. I don't hate, dude. That's your thing. That's your thing. Like, all good, bro. The good music, cheap drinks, dude, let's go. But he was like, nah, I'm going to see my sister. Your sister? He's like, yeah, my sister's over here at the club. I'm like, is she in town? He's like, yeah, she lives here. I was like, bro, we've been hanging out for months. For months. And you never mentioned this. And I, I got a little skeptical. Like my spidey senses started tingling. 
that just seemed bizarre to me. Like, oh, your sister lives in town? I haven't heard about Like, we spend a quality amount of time and do a lot of talking. It turned out that, I mean, he just doesn't talk about her like that. Like, everything was cool, but I just found that super bizarre. And, and I also kind of felt bad because I immediately, like, threw a layer of distrust between he and I because I found that as strange. But, I mean, honestly, I never brought up my little sisters. Like, or I, I, You know what I mean? Like, I have siblings. I, I never brought them up. So, I just, like, I always felt like I needed to defend myself as soon, but as, soon as somebody said something that caught me off guard or didn't make sense or that made me question like, huh, my immediate reaction was to distrust. And I feel bad because Sai and I, we weren't, we weren't like that. Like we were just a couple of uh, troublemakers just trying to have a good time. And man, me and that dude would fucking laugh about the dumbest shit. You know, you ever meet somebody, you got somebody in your life where like you guys are the problem when you get together, like you're at a family function and you and that cousin and you guys are just laughing your fucking asses off while everybody's trying to, like, enjoy a Christmas dinner. And, and you guys are the trouble at the end of the table. Like, that was me and this dude. We just clicked like that. We admittedly had, we had a bit of a falling out. It lasted a while, but it didn't last forever. But the problem we ran into is I would order my dope. And, and here's the thing, like, the dope that I would get for the strippers and the call girls and stuff, that was usually one delivery. And then I would get another delivery when I was dealing with like the backpack boys and the people in the island. Maybe I should have, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was a poor business plan. But anyway, it, it was almost like clockwork when they would happen. And there was this one time, quote unquote, one showed up. I don't remember which one might've been multiple of them. Sometimes they came in pairs, but one showed up to make the delivery to me. And, and Saya took it upon himself to approach them in their car and asked if he could get hooked up. and. Like, you guys should know by now, if you've been listening to the beginning, that's a fucking no-no. Like, he and I didn't have any problems before that, so I didn't feel as slighted as I would have maybe if he and I were, like, not vibing in that moment. I just think he wasn't thinking. And I'm also pretty certain that he and I never had a conversation about the rules, or, or at the very least, my rules. And side-busting, you don't fucking do. That's really ballsy, dude, to approach another guy's connect in a parking lot. You're going to come knock on their window. Yo, can I get hooked up? Like, that puts two things as a problem. One, now my guys have to assume that I've told him who they are, which I did not. But, like, I would walk out to their car. It's not, like, if you saw me walk, like, it's not hard to put two and two together. But the safe assumption on their part, if my dealer was smart, would be, hey, this guy might be telling people about who we are. So I have to protect that sanctity between me and my dealer. Like, they are to be protected. I cannot have them getting fucked up. And then the other thing is, is that what made Saya think that that was cool and, and again, I didn't know enough about him or his background, nor did I know enough about how things go down in New York, right? Like maybe if you can get the hookup, good for you. I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't have that experience in my life. I was, I was trained a certain way to handle business in a certain fashion. And that sure as fuck, wasn't it? So now I've got kind of a loose cannon and, and maybe a dealer that's a little, little shaky right now. And admittedly, he and I had to have a sit down. And have a, a very serious conversation. The rules were discussed that day. And 
it got a little heated because he had a difference in opinion, which I had to help him correct. But by the end of the conversation, we understood each other. I was the only person in the island that the wands would deal to. So I wasn't concerned in the fact like, oh, he's going to be able to side bust me. But the fact that he tried required some handling. I knew without a conversation happening or without ever bringing it up, I needed to correct the situation and make wands feel comfortable again. Because they're the ones that told me. See, here's the crazy thing. See, the Wands spoke zero English. At least I think. They never spoke English to me. It was always Spanish. I understand Spanish. I understand it. I don't speak it. I can get by. But they're the ones that told me that that happened. And at first, I was like, oh, it must have been some other guy. And they knew exactly who it was. And so I had to straighten that out. That put me in a bad spot. It also, after some thought, it, uh, it let me know I was being too free with my pickups because Saya knew what car to go to, which means I'm, I'm needing now to rethink my approach on this. We always went to the same spot. They'd pull up, I'd walk up, we'd take a trip around the, the parking lot and I'd get out and into the apartment. So now we had to change up. Hey, why don't we move these meetups to a different location for a while? Why don't, uh, you know, whatever made them comfortable. It, honestly, in that point, I'm not trying to die either. Like, these aren't the kind of guys, like, I'm not telling you a fucking story about some fucking low-level bullshit drug dealers. Like, this is the fucking, this is the mafia, guys. This is the mob. The reason why I'm getting such good fucking prices and into this kind of shit, the reason is, is because I do really good fucking business, and it's because I'm dealing with the guys, now, I didn't know that in the beginning, but I learned it. Yo, you want to know You want to know how I learned it? I'll tell you how I learned it. I got a knock on my door one day, and there was three wands. <laughs> now, I recognized all three of them, right? They'd all been in the, in the car at one point in time, but never had three shown up in my house. I'll be honest with you, for a hot second, I thought it was dead. And they came in, and, and they threw three bags on the table. There's three bags of meth. Basically, what they wanted me to tell them was the difference in the quality. And in so many words, they wanted to know which is the best shit, which is the shit that you sell to people that owe, right? So if they've ever fronted somebody and they're not paying or coming or, or they're coming up short on money, this is the shittier dope that they get. And then there's the third dope. The third bag was the crappier of the stuff. It was what they would sell to junkies or to out-of-towners. That third thing, that third bag, was like, when I smoked some, it was like peppery. It like burned my throat. I don't know what the fuck was in it. I don't know if they used a, a curing agent on it. I, I don't really know, but it was, it was trash. Now, bag number one was fantastic, okay? Bag number two really wasn't even that bad, but it burned really fast, which meant there was a lot of acetone caught in it, which means that they dried it fast. So it might weigh a gram, but it's going to burn like a half a gram. And then the third shit just burned. It was fucking, it was, ugh. that was when I knew that not only was I in deep, but who I was in deep with. Again, they stood there, they were armed. And I was to tell them what the difference in the dope. You know what was cool, though? Each bag was probably a half ounce. And when we were done, they just left it. 
It was free. I was like, fucking, that's what's up. But that's how I knew the kind of dudes that I was now caught up with. I'll be honest with you. I don't think the option existed for me that day to say, no, thank you. I think the result of saying no, thank you that day would have been death or dismemberment. I'm just telling you the way it is. When they needed something from that day on, when they needed something, they got it, whatever it was. You know, I had two gas scooters, which were super fun. Now everybody's kind of got them. Now they're all electric, actually. But I had two gas scooters that I used to smash around in Vegas and get around with. And they showed up one day and they really liked it. And they dropped a whole bunch of dope on my table and left with them. Now, mind you, the dollar value of the dope they left was way more than I spent on those things. But regardless, the the transaction occurred because they said it did. And I wasn't arguing with that because you know what? I could sell that dope and go buy another one. They wanted the ones I had. Cool, bud. Those are all you now. Business is good and business is booming. So the reason why Saya pulling that bullshit of trying to talk to these guys is because these weren't some fucking run-of-the-mill Joe Blow shithead that did pretty good selling dope like these were these were the real fucking deal and i can't have the real deal one i can't because they would show up frequently every couple weeks and i would test the one two three bags weekly like every two weeks i would this would happen i'm not fucking that up because they leave and that's all free fucking dope for me to sell or smoke but also you know these aren't the kind of guys to fuck around with i have to make sure that my game is tight because for whatever reason Whatever I've done up until this point, they felt confident enough in what I was telling them to make business decisions of their own based on what I told them. As ridiculous as that sound, I, I took that as a, a level of respect, right? They didn't have to do that. They could have grabbed any old person and asked them to do that, or they could just not give a shit, to be perfectly honest. Because here's the thing, dude, a dope fiend is going to fucking smoke it regardless of the quality of it. So they could have just mixed it all together and fucking sold that shit. But they didn't. They have their protocols and they needed some help figuring it out because they didn't touch the shit. Saya put me in a fucking funny spot, but we got it straightened out. You know, he actually wound up just because things were a little tense between he and I after that. That his main backpack boy, that first dude that wound up showing up, the very first guy that we gave like the practice runs with, he would send him over to pick up, which is fine. I get it. Like he needed some space. Like he's a, you know, he was a proud guy, you know, and we had to have like a, a stern conversation. You know, I get it. I'm I'm not, I'm not mad at him for that at all. Plus I knew the kid, it was no big deal. Business kept going. He, I still made sure he made his money. I was making mine. The backpack boys are getting theirs. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at it at all. You know, it was, it was one of those, uh, you ever seen those memes where you like couples never apologize. They just say random shit you know, to make sure that the air is clean. Like, Hey, well, last time you were in the kitchen, was the fridge there? You know, the goofy shit like that. Like he and I just in passing in the Island said, I don't know, something stupid, some dumb fucking question. And it just let us both know like, okay, we're cool. We're good. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm not sweating you. Like I wasn't sweating him when he left, to be honest, I was doing the talking, but he had gotten past and maybe understood my point at that juncture. And it was just like fucking back to the dumb shit, dude. Back to laughing, back to having a good time. That's the memory I have of him. We had one bump of heads. And I'll be honest with you, like, had my connection not been who they were, I may not have really even given a fuck. I, I might have put a charge on him. 
I might have said, oh, you went around me to go to my guy now? Well, then you fucking, every every bag you buy, you owe me this money. And I'm, I was well within my right to put a charge on them. Because of who they were, we had to have a different conversation. And he understood that. And it saddens me that, that seven people, and I, I can tell you guys right now, the episodes that are coming, there's going to be more bodies. and And there's nothing I can do about it. So there's nothing I'm going to be able to do about the fact that I'm going to tell some stories. People are going to come up and I'm going to have a fond memory of them or maybe even a not so fond memory of them. And I'm going to remember their name and I'm going to look them up. And there's going to be an obituary. And that weighs heavy on me. Because if I was a better person, maybe I, I could have helped them get out with me. And I realized that's a ridiculous thing to think. It's it's not realistic. It's not a real approach. But today, today there's seven people dead from my past that never got out of the game. And that breaks my heart. Listen, I want to thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. I'd love to hear your stories. I'd love to hear your feedback. I apologize if this one was a little somber. I hope it was a little enjoyable, but... It's a rude awakening I've received recently. And I gotta remember to appreciate every fucking day I have in front of me. I hope you do too. Reach out to me. My Madness Method 819 at Gmail. My Madness Method on Instagram. Check out my website, 819product.com. That's the word eight. Numbers one nine. Word product.com. See what I'm doing, see what I'm up to, see what's coming up. Till the next time. My name is Jason Farias, and this is my Madness Method. <laughs>